0: Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Cricket Ultras. This is Arun Sudhaman and joining the show, Darren Burns. How are you, Darren?
1: I'm fantastic, Arun. I'm sitting here looking out of my window in Shanghai. It's dropped about 10 degrees today, so we're really into autumn as we head into to the winter. And um, yeah, it's cooled right down. I'm feeling good. A lot happening in the cricket world. It's that
0: end of summer feeling. Also on the line in Hong Kong. Toby Doman.
2: Hello. How are you?
0: Well, well, I'm I'm great actually. Yeah, it's it's a lot of stuff happening in English cricket. We'll talk about Alistair Cook's shocking retirement. Um, possibly not that shocking, really. <clears throat> um, although I, I do feel like he he could have you know he he nearly, he doesn't age. He kind of looks the same as he did. Ten years ago.
1: Yeah, he's, he's only 33 years old, right? It, I mean, it's very young to retire as a batsman, especially. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, my feeling is he's going to remake himself as a T20 player. <laughs> <laughs> that would be something in the, in the vitality blast. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure about the IPL just yet, but... Um,
0: the interesting thing I always thought about Alistair Cook was he scored so many runs by the time he was 28. He scored 7,000 test runs. He was the fastest to get to 7,000, faster than such in Tendulkar. And I think at that point, everyone thought, well, he's going to overtake Tendulkar, he's going to get to 15,000. Mm. And then the, I suppose, what you could call the second half of his career, the, the five years after that, he did slow down. I mean, is it fair to kind of say his career was, was one of two halves? I mean, he, was, he is really one of the great batsmen.
1: Well, he was the fastest man to, you mentioned 7,000, but the fastest to 8,000, 9,000, all the way through to 12,000. <laughs> Let's be honest, he was a pretty prolific player.
0: Was he really the fastest to 12,000
1: as well? Yeah, I didn't know. according that, to, according okay. to um, ESPN Cricket. So, you know, maybe he peed it out in the last year or two. Um, mm. But, you know, you've got to say he was the best opening batsman of his time and probably one mm. of the best Englands ever produced, to be honest. I mean, let's, let's put it in, in perspective and, and look at that. I think it's, it's been pretty amazing. He's had 13 partners with him over the last, you know, few years uh, and he stood tall and he, I think he's averaged something like 42 and everyone else has averaged 27 with him. So some people might say that that's his fault, um, but I don't know how that works. But yeah, great batsman. Yeah,
2: your point, uh, Darren, about you know, England's best, absolutely. I mean, he has the most dot, 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 and there's multiple stats, but he has the most England caps, most England runs, most England hundreds, most appearances as an opener in test history, not just for England. 158 consecutive appearances, injury free. Uh, and four test centuries before his 22nd birthday. So you know, I think consistency, you have to say, right through his career, it's just been a, a really impressive. Um, but ultimately, at 33, he's decided he's had enough and, and wants to go back on the farm, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, all those stats are great, but ultimately, he'll be remembered first and foremost for dropping Kevin Peterson.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think there's a... I was reading about you know, the KP, the whole KP thing, Um, and I think he felt that he bore the brunt of it, which he thinks is probably not fair. Um, it's a great quote from him here. I'll read the quote. It says, um, you know, on his relationship with Peterson, Cook said, you know, I haven't spoken to him since that day that he dropped him, but time is a great healer. We spent a lot of time together and created some amazing memories. The thing is we never fell out since then the internet has fallen out for us (laughs) as two blokes. If you take cricket out of it, we have never fallen out. He will have a different opinion, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I think KP made his views on, on Alistair Cook very clear in his book, um, which I, I remember reading as soon as it came out. The other thing you should say about Cook, in amidst, in amidst all those stats, of course, the most resistant to sweat. Yes. I think quite yes. impressive. Um, does anyone want to pick their favourite uh, Cook innings? I know there's... Um, it's it's funny. I, I did read one article where they kind of said, even though he scored so many runs, it was hard to kind of, to sometimes to remember specific innings because he was so kind of remorselessly brilliant. Yeah. For, for such a long time, if, if, I'm happy to go first. I would, I would certainly nominate the um, the 2012 tour of India when in- England won their first series in India for a very long time. I don't think anyone expected it. And Cook scored three centuries in three consecutive test matches and was simply, I think at that point, he was seen as a, a very good batsman who had a brilliant ashes in 2010, 2011, but he really kind of went to another level on that tour. Um, and I think that was, um, yeah, re- really impressive, I thought, the way he batted then and his career kind of kicked up a, a notch at that point.
1: For me, it's definitely the Tour of Australia in 2010, 11, I think he it wasn't one innings i think he scored a double hundred at the gabba which was very impressive but i think it's just the way as you said it's it's hard to remember the exact innings but just the volume of runs he scored in that series you know uh, man of the series top run scorer he was quite relentless at the top there with a very ugly top order of strauss and trot they really dominated the australian bowling bowling um of course that was the reverse when they came back four years later um they got absolutely slaughtered but that series they really dominated the Australian bowlers at the top of the order and he was the sort of talisman up there. Yeah. Toby? I'm
2: gonna go I'm gonna go for the the Melbourne two hundred and forty four knots out. I mean the, the pitch pitch was benign. It was a drop-in at the at the MCG. Um, but the, the the way that he just ground those runs out and because he was really on the verge of probably losing his place and, and possibly not seeing him again to get it back in the runs and then getting a daddy double at two four four not out, uh, I think speaks volumes for his mental capability, which lots of people, including Michael Vaughan uh, and Nasser Hussain, is, is actually his primary asset. is his mental ability to grind it out, which is what you want in your openers, right?
0: Uh, yeah, I think that's completely true. He was never the greatest batsman to watch, did not have a huge range of strokes, um, but it didn't matter at all. Uh, and I do, I do wonder whether we'll see another batsman like that. Uh, you know, the, a lot of the batsmen that are emerging these days are quite different from that kind of template.
2: Yeah, that's you're right. This is quite a nice little piece in the Times this week, actually. Uh, it, quite interesting that this link of old-fashioned English openers goes all the way back to kind of Geoffrey Boycott. And uh, Jeff Boycott passed his chest guard onto Martin Moxon who was at Yorkshire at the time who passed it on to Michael Vaughan and Michael Vaughan now passed it on to Joe Root so Joe Root's got this horrible uh, sort of flabby old chest pad somewhere in his his locker but it's symbolic I think you know that these sort of old-fashioned nerdlers and gritty openers it's not really the way the game is anymore so you might be right
1: that's that's a great story. I didn't know that. That's, that's, does does Johnny Barstow have Jack Russell's old gloves or old hat? Those gross old gloves he used to wear so. around. I hope so. Who
0: has um, Who has Shane Watson's pads? That would be that would be an interesting one.
1: I think. I think probably Peter the, Peter Hanscom has those at the moment, doesn't he? He seems to be the magnetic. <laughs> the magnetic pads. Isn't it? Yeah.
0: So Alistair Cook's retirement, of course, um, and it, not, not really. Like we said, a huge surprise. He's been um, for the last eighteen months to two years has has seemed out of touch, and as he himself said, nothing left in the tank. But really does raise some big questions for England, who have had have been unable to replace Andrew Strauss since twenty twelve, um, and now have to replace both Strauss and Alastair Cook. Uh, Toby, I wondered whether you had any thoughts on on how England approach this opening batsman quandary?
2: It's tricky. Um, in the top 50 run scorers in, in test cricket, I think England have the most openers. Uh, Australia have Hayden Langer, Mark Taylor and David Boone. India have Verena Sehwag and Sonor Gavaskar. But openers have been a kind of stock in trade for England and now it appears there's nothing left in the cupboard. So there's a real issue here because Rory Burns has been scoring uh, freely all season Uh, for Surrey, but doesn't look like he's going to get a chance at the Oval uh, today. Uh, Johnny Bairstow, some people were saying maybe he could be pushed up the order to open. I think Alex Stewart was the last to open and keep Wicket. And uh, young Johnny Bairstow seems to want to keep Wicket. So that's how it is. Um, So it's difficult, really. Um, Keaton Jennings has been skittish and out of form throughout this whole uh, series and he'll need a good tour to Sri Lanka against the spin on those tracks down there to cement his place so I think Burns will get the nod purely on runs um he's been the leading first class run scorer for five consecutive seasons so he has to give be given a go but you look down at his partner and even at three since Jonathan Trott England have failed to have a solid number three so Moen Ali at three might be a bit of fun but I can't see that sticking either so really England have got problems throughout the top three
1: mm. Darren, do you still think Joss Butler should open? I wouldn't be surprised if they give him a go. What about our friend who joined the podcast a couple of weeks ago, uh, Nick Gubbins? Do we think he's a he's a shot?
2: He's been playing well at Middlesex, hasn't he? But uh, again, he's not. I think England want to have a right-left combination. Uh, they've had too many southpaws at the moment, so they're looking to break that up a bit. So I think he doesn't quite fit their mould. So that's another pe- piece of the puzzle, really.
0: The, the buzz on Nick Gubbins seems to have died down, and it does seem to have coincided
1: with his appearance on Cricket Ultras. <laughs> I was going to say that. Um, they do have to have somebody that's been interviewed by the Cricket Ultras in their 11, you would have thought. <laughs> um, yeah, this whole this whole you've got to have a left-hand, right-hand combination thing, I think it's just really outdated thinking. I mean, I think you've got to pick your best two-opening batsmen. I don't really mad- think it matters you know, if the guys are both left-handers or right-handers or whatever. I think you've just got to go with what you think is right. Um, going back to Jos Butler, you know he's doing pretty well, isn't he? Down at six and seven, do, do you bring him back as an opener? I think if, if Johnny Besto is going to keep, he probably wants to drop down the order a bit, and so maybe it's worth having a look at it.
0: Johnny Besto, I don't think wants to drop down the order. He wants to keep and bat
1: and open the at bowling number five <laughs> and open the bowling. Yeah, and be <laughs> captain. And yeah, I think Johnny Besto wants to do everything. Have you seen the Johnny Besto picture on um, Crick Info? It's really funny. It looks like... It reminds me of the guy who head-butted Cameron Bancroft. He's just, this just leaping photo of his big blue eyes sticking out at some. Very jovial indeed.
0: Yeah, well, that's often how um, people look when they're headbutting someone. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's I such know, fun. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would worry about Johnny Burstow opening the batting. I don't actually think he's got the technique. He seems to be getting out, playing with hard hands. I think... You know, he'd be probably be okay on some surfaces, but at home, I'm not sure. Uh, it's funny, isn't it? Because uh, if you were to if you were to look at this in- England team, turn the batting order around, it, you know that lip, that lower middle order has bailed them out in this in this summer. In fact, they they have been responsible, I think, for, for winning the series. Um, and yet, absolutely, the top top three has been a real problem. I, I agree with Toby. I don't think Moeen Ali is a long-term number 3. You do wonder about the opening batsman doesn't seem to be a lot of names being mentioned apart from Rory Burns. I don't know if Joe Denley is a is an opening batsman candidate. Don't seem to be too many options. I mean Joe Root I think came into the team as an opener, but he seems quite keen on batting further down the order. He's made that made that pretty clear as well. Um but yeah, interesting interesting um decisions for England to come and of course I guess they've been brought into sharp focus by this uh, by this test series against India which uh, as we've discussed before has been, has been you know very compelling the fourth test uh, another very good test match I thought um, strange in that I thought India produced the best performances in the match and yet still contrived to lose it
1: well I think in both digs um, they're well on top of the um, the English batting and they, and again um Mr. Curran bailed them out again. Mm. Um, and Mohan Ali was, was a revelation with his, with his spin. So, yeah, I think they, they bowled very well. I mean, they're a good bowling unit at the moment, India. I just think the batting let them down at those mm. crucial moments, right? Um, they probably couldn't push through to what they wanted. And also with the bowling, they just didn't get those last few wickets. They were six down in both knocks for under 100. Yet they scored two fifty, two sixty. So, again, I guess they would have felt that they put their... their um, their foot off the throat a bit and I guess as Ravi Shastri said um you know they probably need to toughen up mentally um speaking of Ravi Shastri he had some great quotes on cook if you saw that he said um out in the middle he was a real master chef and and uh, and uh, and he was a tough cookie
2: I, I think Mr Shastri might be trying to get cooking cooking words into this from maybe from a gambling syndicate or something yeah
1: I watched this video and he And to your point last week, he looked really out of it. Like he'd been on a bender. Like he looked like he'd been either stoned or on a bender or something. It was kind of weird. don't want any kind of legal
0: implications from these allegations. But um, I don't think he he is, you know, that kind of a a person that's kind of out partying all the time. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, he just does look like he's been
1: through it. Yeah, maybe it's a stress.
0: Um, the, The big bonus for India has been their bowling. You know, that's it's, it's really the first time we've seen India with an attack that a pace bowling attack in particular that can take 20 wickets consistently overseas we've seen that in South Africa and England uh, that the batting in particular the the openers and the lower lower middle order basically everyone named Colley has has let down in India in terms of of batting um, You can make the case that Sam Curran was the difference. Between the two teams. I think England won every test in which he played um, and he was visibly the difference, you know, scoring runs, taking crucial wickets. And Moeen Ali out R. Ashwin, which should probably not pass without comment. I mean, Toby, how did you see the, uh, the lessons from this test match and indeed this series?
2: I was impressed, actually, because I think when we spoke last, maybe a couple of weeks back, we were sort of looking at predictions, and I thought this might be a rain-affected Test match. But the, the wicket was actually really juicy, and it spanned, and it did a lot off the scene for the seamers if they you know, put their back into it and put the seam up proud. And if you look at the bowling stats from the Indian team, everybody shared it around Um, uh, Bumrah in the first innings um, taking three... Um, Shami going coming good in the second, so you know everybody. I think burnished their reputation in the bowling unit, but absolutely from the from the batting side, there's still some inconsistencies in and around Kohli. Um, and and we were we were just talking before we went uh, went on air actually. The the Prithvi Shaw, who's the the India under nineteen captain, potentially and with a shout of being moved up for this final test. I watched an interview with him actually um, uh, earlier, and it, it, he he says he started playing professionally at six and a half years old, which seems unbelievable but you know he's obviously the new baby sachin off the rank so let's see what he does
0: yeah that's crazy professionally at six and a half
2: i quote i started professionally at six and a half and then moved to mumbai through the age groups i mean christ it must be incredible talent
0: <laughs> that's that's quite quite a talent i think he's probably you know he's well he's he's also from mumbai and so he's kind of seen as the the chosen one after Tendulkar. um a lot of pressure on him, uh, but he seems to be bearing up to it okay. I'm not sure if he's actually going to play, though. It uh, doesn't seem to be much indication that he will replace, I assume, if they're going to drop an opener, it would be Kale Rahul, because they are also sticking with this. They, they need this right-left partnership. Um, Darren, wondered if you had any thoughts on, um, on, on Moeen so comfortably out bowling our Ashwin. You know, I thought that was quite disappointing. I don't know if he was still injured.
1: Yeah, he just, he, if you watch Mo, he, he has a very simple, almost robotic action. And he was just bowling into the footmarks very accurately, like they showed the pitch map, and he was hitting those um, footholds time and time again, and some were going through and some were turning quite sharply, bowling the ball sort of into the wicket. Whereas Ashwin was sort of tossing the ball up, and, and he was bowling too straight for a while, then he was bowling too far outside off stump. He just couldn't seem to work out where to bowl on the wicket, whereas Mo seemed to know instinctively straight away where to bowl. Um, and you know, it really does test that theory of Indians being good players of spin. I, I think that's an accepted wisdom, but I don't know if it's true. Mm. I mean, no, it's they not, do they do play spin a lot in India, of course, and Pakistan on the subcontinent, right? But that doesn't mean necessarily good players of good spin bowling. And Mo on this kind of track is really a good bowler. And I think they didn't respect him.
0: Yeah, I think it's a fallacy. I think we've seen a number of times now the Indian batsmen being run through by overseas spinners. I mean, these are not players like Tendulkar or Lakshman or Ganguly, yeah. who you know really strong against spin bowling. I think they're just not
1: as good batsmen, really.
0: You know, ultimately, as, mm. as previous generations. So they're they're weaker in, in all departments.
1: But I thought, you know, Ashwin's dismissal against Mohan was very. You know, it's was, it was extremely interesting. I mean, he did a reverse sweep almost straight away. I think it also should have showed, showed they don't really respect Moeen as a bowler um, to their detriment.
0: That was crazy. It, what it reminded me of, watching Moen and, and Ashwin, is, you know when you kind of, you go and watch Netflix or if you're on a plane and you, you are looking for something to watch and there's so many options and, you know, sometimes you spend like an hour trying to find something to watch.
1: I totally do that.
0: And, yeah, I totally do that. And then before you know it, like the flight is over. <laughs> and I feel that's the problem Ashwin has. He has so many variations. Uh, and he, sp- he just spent ages trying to figure out which one to use. Whereas Moeen only really bowls one delivery. And, and on this pitch, it was the perfect delivery.
1: Yeah, I think he bowls two. He has an arm ball basically and just an off spinner. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. It's more or less two balls.
2: And what about him? There was talk about Moeen kind of, he prefers to bowl with a comfort blanket of another spinner. Obviously, that won't happen very much outside of the subcontinent, but he's a confidence bowler and his confidence was shot last season. And he's, he's done well to come back, but he seems to be the kind of guy mentally that he could easily crumble. Um, and he seems to like another spinner around and, and Rashid was relatively ineffective in this test. But it's interesting that he can only really operate in that dynamic. It's a bit weird.
0: It is, in fact, when when England bowled, I'm sorry, when England toured India, um, Moeen was was really kind of hapless. Um, The Indian batsman scored a lot of runs Mm. from him. what do we think about this new trend in Test cricket of um, of ten players on each team? I mean, you know, India fielding Hardik Pandya, England with Adil Rashid. You know, I kind of (laughs) like this these these, these,
1: these passengers. It's kind
0: of interesting. I wonder if it's, it's like a sign of a long-term trend.
1: I think they should be able to have subs. <laughs> you know, one or two subs that, um, during the test match that can bring people in, bring them out um, if they're not really performing all the wickets, not what they thought it was gonna be. Because you think about it, it's a weird sport, right? It's a, you, you, you have a toss, you think it's gonna do something, maybe it doesn't do much, you pick a different team, and then over the, the five days, the wicket you know, changes quite a lot. So I'm all about innovation, man. Why don't, why don't we have like a sub or one or two subs that you can bring in and bring out? I think that would make it more interesting.
2: I think Ricky Ponting wouldn't enjoy that, would he? He's not into subfielders. <laughs> not
1: fielders, yeah. though, but players.
0: Yeah. I think it, it would have been so I mean, fascinating because you know, India could have subbed Hardik Pandya for Ravi Jadeja. I mean, they, mm. should, they probably should have played Jadeja from the off. Um, yeah. I'm not entirely sure why England are persisting with Adil Rashid. I mean, he, he, he got picked, I think, after bowling at one good ball, against Virat Kohli. Maybe that's a bit harsh. Um, but he's really done very little.
1: in the You playoffs. are harsh. I think whenever he's bowled, he's done okay, right? Um, he just hasn't bowled much, though. Exactly. Joe
0: Root doesn't seem to trust him. Do we, do we um, have any other thoughts on the England-India series? I mean, obviously, they've got the, uh, the next test starting today. Uh, England have named their team. I, I, I think that's possibly the only talking point is that Johnny Besto has got back the gloves, as he made so clear he wanted... Um, yeah. It seems nothing, nothing will get in Johnny bestow's way.
1: Yeah, he's really keen on that, isn't he? I, I thought one of the interesting things for this fifth test was um, Mick Jagger's announcement um, this week that he would give £20,000 to Chance to Shine charity, which is a, a charity that engages young cricketers, which I think is marvellous, um, in, in the UK. And he's going to give £20,000 for... Every century or five wicket haul, and ten thousand for each half century and three wicket haul. So hopefully, um, oh, wow. um, young Mister uh, uh, Cook can pony up and get a double hundred and relieve Mick Jagger of forty grand. Um, another interesting thing about Mick Jagger was that he was an early investor in Crick Info. Uh, one of the major early investors, which I didn't know, which is um, quite a genius stroke.
0: And d- and he and he also invested in Willow TV. Did he
1: know? Yeah. Do you remember Willow TV? I still watch Willow TV. <laughs> Excellent. What yeah. do they show? It's, <laughs> the, it's, the, well, it's the American channel for cricket, right?
0: Uh, so okay. if you're in the so US, yeah.
1: it's the only channel you can watch. And he said that he was touring there, right? And he wanted to watch cricket on TV and he couldn't. So he, I guess Willow TV was a good option. <laughs> well,
0: I guess he was on his island and he wanted to watch But
1: But Willow TV is very funny because they have ads for, um, like, you know... Uh, indian cpas in the bay area and like um there's a guy who's a numerology expert um that can tell you all your dreams and, and what will happen in your life um they have these really great ad on, ads on there remit money yes yeah, remit no charges that's yeah. right um
0: toby any thoughts on england's lineup for this sorry say fourth test it's the fifth test <laughs>
2: final test so many tests um... I think there has been, and there's more to come, of course. I, I don't know. I think the thing about Johnny Birstow, just a, f- a kind of footnote, is that there was a lot of talk, obviously, in the previous test around Butler taking the gloves. And I just thought the way that it was handled suggests there might be a bit of a culture issue uh, in the England team. The fact that Johnny Birstow says he wants to keep when actually the team management should be really be deciding who's the best person for that job. And it just seems there may be a, little be a bit too much power in those gloved hands of Mr. Uh, Young-Jonathan.
0: Well, there was a story I read where uh, Johnny Burster was in animated conversation with one of the figures from the England setup. I'm not sure if it was Ed Smith. And apparently it was about the wicket-keeping situation. And then he left the field and on the way out uh, directed a few words at someone else from the England coaching setup. And <laughs> a lot of people were reading into this that Johnny Best, this was right before the, the decision was taken to give. Joss Butler, the gloves. What about we look at who's the better wicketkeeper? I mean, I know it's a bit old-fashioned, but who is the better wicketkeeper?
2: I think Besto's is the best. The best, the best with the gloves. Um okay. I think the, the the question mark is can he do both, and he seems to want to do both. I think he should carry on, but I think the point that he's thrown his toys out the pram suggests that you know there's a little bit of a culture problem more than more than skill set, I guess.
0: Well, of course, he wants to keep wicket because it means that it's effectively an insurance policy when he's not batting well, such as now. Um, he's going to stay in the team, you know. And if you're a wicketkeeper batsman, that's that's hundred Test matches right there, maybe more, given his age.
2: Yeah. Oh, you cynic! You cynic! <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, I mean, this is this is not this isn't. I don't think this is cynicism. I mean, this is, I, I think Jonathan Agnew was, was was discussing this on Test Match Special. Um, I, I, I don't think it's, it's it's a particularly jaundiced
1: way of looking at it. I think you're probably right. Yeah, I think it's it's not necessarily very Machiavellian, is it? I think it's probably what he wants to do. That's security in the team. Okay,
0: the big the big story we need to discuss, which we haven't touched on yet, Harbhajan Singh. Um,
1: <laughs> I think Harbhajan Singh needs an intervention. Yeah, I think he, you know what? I think he's warmed up a little bit and gotten a little bit better. Um, it was interesting when he was talking about how Moen Ali was bowling versus uh, Ashwin. I thought he had some good insight there.
0: That was the first time he offered any insight that, exactly. at all. And really, I guess he's well versed in being able to explain away poor Indian <laughs> bowling performances overseas. That's kind yeah. of
1: like his specialist subject. Really. That is, yeah, It's a niche. Yeah, exactly. It's a <laughs> niche topic. But apart from that, I think he's, he actually does have good shoes, though. Um, He's got a great dress. And he dresses quite well, actually, I must say.
0: Well, he's getting paid, apparently, £8,000. I read, it was in one of the papers, he's getting paid £8,000 a day or something. What? I'm sure I saw
1: that. (laughs) Sorry, I may have just plucked that figure out of thin air. But I'm sure I saw that. Yeah, so he's hoping those tests go for five days, huh? (laughs) what <laughs> Where's is he getting are?
0: paid per word because he, he rarely says anything even when he's on the you know he's on air
1: nice work if we can get it
0: okay all right so fifth test um my 4-1 is looking good
1: yeah well my 3-1 has come so i need to wash up
0: <laughs> toby i think what was your prediction was 4-1 as well
2: um it was but I'm going to go 3 2 and then party back at Ravish Jastru's hotel room I think just to round it off.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah that would a be a, hell of a
0: that would be quite a party. With the master yeah. chef. Yeah there'd certainly be a lot of courses to that meal. <laughs> 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 there would
1: All right. <laughs> no questions. Let's move on.
0: Okay so we are I think stunned to learn that the review into Australia's culture may not be made public.
1: Yeah, uh, very. I mean, Toby was just talking about a culture issue in the England team. I wonder if they'll go down the Australian path and have a review as well. So this, this culture review seems to be going on forever. Um, and, and Mark Taylor this week came out and said they might not make it public or only make the recommendations public. Sounds very interesting to me, so I can't wait until it comes out. Or it doesn't come out.
0: <laughs> What's the thinking there? Do you think why would they not make it public? That just seems so strange.
1: Look, I think I think Justin Langer um, wants to move on from it. I, I think it's you know I, I think it's been it's causing them so much grief and it's been in the headlines for so long. I think he wants to just sort of move on from it. Um, but I'd be very surprised if they don't release it publicly. They have to do something. I think it, sweeping it under the rug is a big. It's going to cause probably even a bigger stir than when the guys were caught with a sandpaper. So. They've got to release it, surely.
0: Yeah, I, I, I would agree, mean, This is, I think, I read somewhere the third review uh, in Australian cricket in the last five years.
1: Yeah, they like the external consultants. Mm, they probably need a, a review of the reviews. Yes. And <laughs> <Maybe. laughs>
0: yeah. the other thing I saw is that Ricky Ponting has suffered a serious Achilles injury while shooting a commercial uh, and will miss the 2020 leg. Of Australia's UAE tour against Pakistan. What do you mean he'll miss it? Well, he's um, he's involved in the coaching setup, right? He's got some sort of role in the uh, T20, yeah. Yeah, in the T20, is he not some sort of batting coach or? Um, I don't, I'm not entirely sure what his exact role is, but he uh, mentor. <laughs> <laughs> mentor. Yeah, although it's not going to interfere with his broadcasting commitments. Funnily enough.
1: But, but on the, on, the, on Australia again, I, I, I do want to point out something. There's some good news during the week, at least for Australian cricket fans, that Australia A actually beat India A in India in a test match, in inverted commas. And the new look, Usman Kawaja who's dropped nine kilograms under Justin Langer, scored 100 in the first dig and scored 40 odd in the second. So he cashed in um, and John Holland got nine wickets. So that was a big win for them.
0: Yeah, I haven't reviewed this match at all. So, I, but I was surprised to see they won it.
1: I didn't. I didn't even know it was on. To be honest, I just found <laughs> it while I was scrolling. Mm.
2: <laughs> and is is Kawaja considered to be a more more portly gentleman than maybe other cricketers?
1: Uh, I, well, I never
2: had him down as being. No, me the, neither.
0: I sense. always thought he was in pretty good shape.
1: Yeah, well, he's he's pretty unfit. Oh, but he yeah. looks pretty good now. He's really uh, hitting the gym and and eating well, and yeah, he looks good.
0: I think I was. I've been comparing him to Ravi Shastri. That's that's my current <laughs> current benchmark. <laughs> <laughs> Just
1: Allegedly, a, a bit of an age gap there. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it is.
0: It is. Um, but really, Shastri's really. You know, he was quite svelte in his playing days. You know, he was. He was actually very svelte. Yeah, yeah, he was. Asia Cup, to to conclude, the Asia Cup is coming up. Um, in. I think 10 days' time or so. Um, India will be playing Pakistan,
1: which is always interesting.
0: Okay, so I I don't know where it's taking place. Darren, do you or Toby?
1: In Dubai. And I think there's going to be some games in Abu Dhabi as well. Um, But it should be interesting. I I think Kohli is not playing for some reason. He's probably got to get his hair cut and, as you mentioned, maybe a new tattoo or something like that and, I don't know, drive around in his Ferrari or something.
0: Kohli can, after the tour he's had to England... I think he can do what he wants, really. Yeah, get a bit of a rest. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's above and beyond what anyone expected. So it's worth pointing that out, I think, because no, I don't think anyone thought he'd, score, he'd, he'd do this well.
1: Yeah, the tournament goes for, you know, goes for about a week, doesn't it? There's, yeah, of course, Hong Kong are involved, which is, which is super cool. Yeah, Hong Kong
0: qualified yesterday, a very a nail-biting match against the UAE. Uh, it was one of these classic ICC qualifiers where no one knows the rules, but then there's one match at the end. Uh, which seems to determine who's, who qualifies. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden. All of a sudden, yeah. Um, Hong Kong kind of squeaked home against the UAE. Uh, yeah, so I wouldn't say there's jubilation in the streets of Hong Kong. I don't know if you've noticed anything, Toby. <laughs>
2: <laughs> jubilation. <laughs> uh, I'm looking downward. No, everything is normal. <laughs> everything Sorry. It's
0: normal, but it's, it's great for Hong Kong. I mean, you know, I think they keep this up. They, they have a, a chance of, of maybe one day qualifying for the World Cup. Yeah, that'd well, be fantastic. Although that would require of course the World Cup to, to change its its rules. Worth watching to see some of these youngsters that are coming through in the various Asian countries. Also p- possibly worth watching from the ICC's anti-corruption unit. Don't know.
1: <laughs> 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 just throw that throw that in there. Not going to name any names, but you know, I always feel with these tournaments in Dubai.
0: <laughs> Do we want to talk about the CPL? Or... Well,
1: the CPL, I, I guess I've kind of lost interest a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. It seems to be going on forever. Um, it, it there has been some absolute howlers, though, on the um, an LBWs and caught behinds in particular. Um, there's a lot of, you know, speaking of the ICC anti-corruption unit, there might be some investigations into it. Um, there are no reviews in the CPL, so there's been some absolutely shocking LBW decisions that have had the, you know, the, the wicketkeeper and the batsman stunned. Um and I guess going back to performances, so the Kiwis are still going strong in the batting um, up at the top of the rankings and the Australian batsmen are doing pretty badly. I think none of them are in the top 10. lynn has been pretty disappointing. Uh, I think Warner seems to have lost his mojo and Smith's kind of okay, uh, but nothing great. Uh, and in the bowling, of course, there's been a bit of a mixed bag. Um, you know, Andre Russell's doing well. Imran Tahir, of course, and those crazy celebrations. And the American Ali Khan is all up on top of the bowling order, so it's been fun, but it just seems to be going on for a long time.
0: Well, yeah, I guess they have to maximise the advertising and the revenue. These, te- you know, these kind of 2020 mercenaries have got to get paid.
1: But I, I must say, I think um, Danny Morrison is, you know, the commentator Danny Morrison mm. is doing a bit of a Hearts of Darkness. He, um, <laughs> he he's seen every night dancing in the rum bar with the um the girls and it's it's very weird like i was watching the game i think yesterday morning while i was having breakfast and he here he is like talking to the commentators and dancing with his rum in the uh, crowd so he seems to be doing that more than commentating at the moment so i don't know what's happening with him
0: possibly the first time danny morrison has been compared to marlon brando but...
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay well probably a good note on which to end um we we'll look forward to the uh the fifth test of of what has been a a fascinating series um, between England and India. Uh, And we'll be back with our next episode soon. Thank you so much, Darren and Toby.